0: This episode of Punching Sideways, we just want to let you know it features the occasional uh, uh, naughty word. So, if kids are normally listening along, they might want to sit this one out. Radio, that's it with the housekeeping stuff. Josh and Mel, over to you.
1: Welcome to this episode of Punching Sideways, guys. This is another Josh, not potty Josh. This is Tripounds Josh. And finally, I get to mould the Joshes together for a powers combined Captain Planet situation and let's just see what happens.
0: <laughs> really? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> what do you get a special microphone? Why? Because she sounds this best, gets like my, she's special. This gets
1: my sexy, wet voice going. Oh,
2: gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: the only thing that doesn't make me go squeaky.
2: Josh. Oh, okay. Fair Hang any. on.
1: <laughs> Let's just pull you up on this because you have your special, like, I'm an Elvis Presley impersonator mic that you no, <laughs> sing hangover look, blues yeah, in.
2: So that's you can see that. We don't see the podcast. Uh, it's all an audible experience, right? But
1: I've also drawn attention to the fact that I need help. Like yeah, that,
2: <laughs> yeah, well, at least you're honest. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So
1: this is the only way to, to make me sound more audible to nah, the audience. Nah,
2: fair enough. The mic I use is almost, almost entirely for aesthetics. Yeah. It does have a different sound to it. Yeah. But I, I like the look of it. That's literally why I bought it. Yeah. yeah.
1: If anyone is listening to this, he <laughs> cradles it in his hand like a just nah. a woman.
2: Like a woman cradles something? No, like you
1: cradle. Oh, it could be that. I don't (laughs) don't know. all
2: right. Be more direct.
1: We have Josh Douglas here, which I'm so excited about. And I didn't realise because I know this Josh and I know Josh Liston, Josh. And I just sort of assumed that you both knew each other as well as I know both of you because of the podcasts, And it was almost like an awkward introduction when you came in, so I apologise about that. Firstly, thank you for joining us on Punching Sideways.
2: That's all right. Thanks for having me. You're pretty close on the money there, though, because every single Josh in existence has like a hive mind, so we can all communicate <laughs> based on that anyway, so we already did know each other. We
0: were separated from separate births. Yeah.
1: <laughs> is that a thing?
0: Oh, no, I did. it is now. <laughs> Sounded good. <Yeah>. Don't... There. <laughs> yeah. So, sounding good, go with it. I met Josh at one gig, mm-hmm. but because we've interacted a lot online, yeah. I think we know a certain version of each other. Yeah, and that's probably well, for the lack of a better term, a Facebook version. Yeah, well, of an online persona, <laughs> an I guess. online persona yeah. to a certain degree. Yep, and maybe yeah. that's
1: what led me astray. But I've spent a lot of time with you, Josh. So I, let's just fill in the people that are listening at home. Who is Josh
2: Douglas? Well, that's a. Uh it's a pretty loaded question. I know it's it? a loaded <laughs> question. How do you start? We don't muck around um, here, mate. Look, I, I, so most people that know me from, I guess I, I sing in a band, Tribe Hounds, mm-hmm. locally, bit of rock and roll. We've played a few pubs and stuff. It's good fun. Aside from that, I'm a I'm a dad, a husband. Uh, I work for a living. I don't know. I've got a few hobbies. So It's <laughs> a very hard question to answer.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> so, Josh, I interviewed you guys, Tribe Hounds, on my other show, just before you were about to release your first song, or you re- were recording with Simon McKenna. Yeah, that
2: was a long time ago. It now, was a long
1: it? time ago. Well, it feels and
2: feels
1: like it. I- I'll just recount the vibe of the interview for anyone listening at home. I felt like it was a group of guys that were so excited and hyped up by just the energy and the whole idea that they're actually recording an album and it's going to be really good and all this stuff. I almost felt like you didn't know what you're supposed to do and were playing a role of what you thought potentially <laughs> you should have been playing in an interview. Yeah. So I want to strip that back and actually just say, let's yeah. just get to know Josh. <laughs> Alright. That though led to me just really loving you guys, oh. to be honest. I've I've followed your journey and I feel quite proud to have been part of it or be able to sort of sit on the sidelines and watch and cheer uh, you cool. guys on.
2: Thanks, mate. Yeah. You're good guys. Yeah.
1: Now, let's talk shit, because <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit hard, like all softy, softy, and I don't like it doing was. that.
0: Yeah, and that's all right. So, with the singing, yep. I've seen you perform once, but I've yep. heard from multiple sources that you guys are getting better and better. When did you
2: see us? Was that back last year? First yeah, year yeah. The Kenrock, so it feels so like- that was nearly a year ago now. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: it would be, I was going to say, probably the better part of 12 months, and you yeah. guys were already quite good at that point. Super tight, loud, but- not obscenely loud, like <laughs> some bands in the genre where yeah. you can't hear what they're actually playing. Nah. Have you always been a vocalist, or is there other things? Yeah, you Yeah, so play? I've, lent,
2: I've lent back into vocals quite heavily. I just some one day the penny dropped. It actually started when um, my brother was playing drums with a mate of his from school back in oh geez, back when I lived in Perth. I was a bricklayer's apprentice. Come home from work one day, and my brother was like, "Hey, can I borrow your ute?" You? I'm like, "Mate, you're 14. You can't drive." <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, but you'll have to drive. I was like, yeah, no worries, man. Sweet. So he's like, oh, well, we're going to pick something up. I've bought something. I'm like, yeah, cool. Good on you. And then we drove around and it was a drum kit and it was all fully assembled. I was like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I just thought I'd learn how to play drums. i like, yeah, no worries. <laughs> so I remember putting on the back of my ute and he was sitting up there holding all the things so they didn't fall over while we drove back around the corner. <laughs> so this is back in the day where the, they weren't too super fussed about safety and stuff. So <laughs> um showing me age a little bit here, but... Yeah, so I drove back around with a drum kit and the next week went on and he's had a mate from school over playing guitar and I heard the noise and I was like, That sounds cool. What's going on there? Walked out the back into the shed and him and his mate and they jerry rigged this bloody microphone stand and it was a coat hanger hanging from the ceiling with a microphone cord hanging over it and then hanging down to where his mouth was so he could sing into it while he played guitar. <laughs> well, That's awesome. cool. And they started playing this thing, They're like, Oh, let will show you we made up a song. I'm like, Yeah, oh, yeah, good one. Yeah. But they started playing, I was like, That's pretty cool <laughs> and i grabbed the microphone i've just gone rah, into it and they're gone both of them are just going do that again and i was like all right i'll give it another go and then yeah so that was pretty much it so I started the band with my brother and his mates back in high school days and then yeah
0: what was and, that called
2: uh no through road
1: no through Road. yeah and um, there is
2: stuff out there somewhere but i find it very hard to find it <laughs>
1: Or you deliberately don't no, want to no, find no, it.
2: No, no. <laughs> yeah, it might I'm, be out there. It might not I'm be. I'm very big on shameless self-promotion. So, <laughs> um,
1: so did you know that you could sing before that? Point?
2: No, oh, kind of. I did like you know choir in school and things like yeah. that. And people said, "Oh, you've got a lovely voice," but I never really put any effort into it. And like as you're a young fella. Your voice is completely different to when you grow up and, you know, your balls drop and your voice breaks. And so I hadn't, since I went through puberty, I hadn't done anything like that at all. That yeah.
0: was pretty much the first time. Okay. So yeah. can I ask, what was the sound that you heard that appealed to you so much that you actually went out there? And was it, was, it, was it something you had reference for? Was it a sound you were familiar with? Or? No,
2: it was, um he was just, just angry rock riffage. That was it. Hey, like, <laughs> it, I can't even remember the song, but it ended up being our first ever song we wrote as a band in its entirety. And it was um yeah just the riff he came up with because this kid was he was like a qualified piano teacher at the age of thirteen like he was <laughs> insane oh wow and then he was like oh, I'll just pick up a guitar and he just instantly like translated what he knew on the piano to the guitar yeah he was, I had, he was, I had like, a friend like that It was nature. really annoying yeah it's a pain in the <laughs> ass and he could write good songs too like yeah, yeah great kid I don't I don't even know if he does music anymore but um yeah just just a just a whiz kid. And um, yeah, just this riff he was playing, I was just like, that sounds fucking cool. I want to go and see what's going on there because I knew he was playing music, and I was expecting like, you know, what you see on like the TV and stuff, and it's like, oh, uh, uh, bloody battle of the bands, and the bands are terrible, and I was just expecting that, but it wasn't. It wasn't bad, and my brother was actually in time with it, and I was like, well, Are you guys actually not bad? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Let me get on in on yeah,
2: that. Yeah, I, I love it. I just, I was just happy to yeah. drink me beer and watch. But they're like, keep doing that. That yelling thing you did, that sounded good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that yelling thing yeah. you
0: did. I guess the reason I asked that, because you, yeah. th- you mentioned there that you were in Perth at, th- at that point, Yeah. that it's kind of, for whatever reason, a bit of an Australian rock mecca. Yeah, it is. Some of a, the yeah. icons of Australian rock are from, for whatever reason, from Perth. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if you had any rock in you at that point or it just oh, kind of happened. Just sort of fell into it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I've
1: got a little tidbit of information then people may or may not know about Joe. He likes country music. If you like us, like I like us, get onto PunchingSideways.com, give us a bit of a likesy, have a bit of an exploration around and maybe buy us a coffee. I've got a little tidbit of information that people may or may not know. About Joe, he likes country music.
2: Oi, no, no, no! Yes, you do. I do. Yeah.
1: You do like country, and that's, there's nothing that's to be not ashamed pe- that's about. That's not
0: pejorative these days, is it? Like the way that it might have been in the 2000s, where if you like country, it was considered you had no music taste. Yeah, it's become a lot more mainstream. So, yeah, I know.
2: Yeah. I and coincidentally, the country music is probably getting worse right. with the pop scene. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. It's more poppy. So the now. more people like it. The worse it's getting, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I
1: heard a remix of The Gambler last night. Oh, that's
2: not cool. And that,
1: do that I never ever want to hear it again. You don't. It remix was in Kenny a car Rogers. yard, and I couldn't like avoid it. Oh gosh. And it just sounded like it was sacrilegious. I'm sorry, Kenny Rogers, that that yeah. happened. <laughs> and. Like Can you do poly- us a favour?
2: If you ever hear anything like that again, just don't tell anyone. Just, it's better not knowing that, you that exists. Sort of, want, yeah. Because now it's like, I want to go and find it.
1: You probably, <laughs> it, it's bad, but you, maybe you should appreciate Kenny Rogers because of it. Already did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, what interests me is you. you have noted your choir background and no, that's not a bad thing at all because a lot of the people that I now have full respect for in a singing capacity actually come from either a choir or like a very classically trained Mm. where it's all honed into them and that's how they get their vocal range and that's so strong. And I remember, Josh, do you remember, what I'm talking about podcast, Josh, (laughs) um, when we were at the Kinross and what song was it about to come on? And you sort of said, look, if you can back up after this. Because I said, oh, he's oh, good, it isn't he? would have been
0: Highway to Hell. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I said, because I've seen a hundred bands play covers of ACDC and then their singers wiped out for the whole night. He goes, <laughs> yeah.
1: I said, oh, he's, he's good, isn't he? Because I, like, I always second guess my judgment on people, on bands and that As a little you bit. Be- too, well, because yeah. also I'm. Not from a musical background, like I played piano a little bit, but this is all, dare I say, new to me, like in the last three years. I feel like I've honed my ear to it, but I still, someone like Josh, who has been in music for like ever, I still sort of went, this is good, isn't it? He's good. And he was like, Uh if think can back up after this, <laughs> then I'll consider him to be good.
0: <laughs> Mind yeah. you, I, I had been. You're making it sound like I hadn't liked it the whole time. I had been up until that point super impressed. Yeah, cool. <laughs> but it was just I've seen so many failures from bands yeah.
2: like that. 100% that was going through my head all the time. When it's like rock and roll, high energy, ACDC, like one. some of my favourite singers are just, freaks in nature and it's very hard to imitate them <laughs> so like going into that you're like because that was our first one we'd done a yeah. proper one in forever yeah and the first time i'd actually sang to that capacity we're talking about and, a kin- the king the kinross
0: show yeah, yeah the first yeah. one yeah, yeah where
2: you came to um so that was back in december last year and that was the first time i'd really had a chance to let loose and have a go and we had to do two to three sets so that was like I was shitting myself the whole time. Even a sound check, I'm like, no, I'm going to blow my voice out. And we've been in the studio a week as well that week.
0: So
2: (laughs) a tip for young players too, don't ever book a gig the week you're in the studio, ever. (laughs) It's just, I mean, it's cool to pull it off, but fuck. I reckon I slept for like three days solid after that whole ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts.
1: So what what is that feeling of playing your first show when you've been you said don't do it, like record, 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 yeah. and get all these happy feels and then do your first show. But what's what was that feeling
2: what that came f-
1: about? Pure
2: oh. pure adrenaline, eh? Like it was just so much excitement. Because we've been performing like I joined these guys uh, with the tribe hounds in um very early on that year. And then obviously the Great Plague happened yeah. and we were all locked down and the border closures and we had to, you know, couldn't visit each other and so we we jammed a fair bit early on and then when it got closed down we couldn't do it. And credit to the guys, they kept writing songs, they kept writing music and kept plugging along without, you know, half of us being able to go. But yeah, it was just so months and months and months of pent up like excitement and aggression to get out there and do it. I think by then it just sort of all, all the nerves had gone. I was just like, oh, "Fuck, let's just go and play." Hey,
1: when we talk about the guys, yep. do you want to list? Yeah, them? yeah, absolutely. Sorry. So we got
2: Tim, Tim Prince, hmm? so a lead guitar, another freaking nature that oh. you can just play, you know, any sleep.
1: He's insane. I, yeah, honestly, and the amount of I'm going to say because you've sworn a lot, but. <laughs> The amount of orgasm faces that he has on stage is <laughs> yeah, he unsettling. Like, I, I, and he, I, he
2: doesn't like them. Like he, he looks at his photos and goes, oh, I never take a good photo. I'm like, that's just your face, man. Like, that's, you <laughs> it's like watching
1: it. – you know when you're watching a train wreck? Except he's not a train wreck because you're just like, oh, wow, huh. this is so impressive. Yeah. But you don't want to look as well because you feel like you're interrupting something that you yeah. shouldn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so there's Princey. It, it's,
2: it's, it's probably a very similar – like I don't know, Zen moment of like the masturbating versus his guitar song. Yeah, it's like it's a like very a, similar zone. It's I a think.
1: euphoric
2: yeah look on his because you got to get that climax at the end of it, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. So there's him.
2: <laughs> yep, and then we got Cam. Cam yeah. Dunn, he the rhythm guitarist. So this guy, he's tall, tall and handsome, blue eyes, bloody just just an Adonis of a man. Um, he's
1: there for the looks.
2: And and he can play a rhythm guitar like a yeah. motherfucker, eh? Hey? Like yeah. he. He plays a Gretsch White Falcon, and if you don't know what that is, that's like God-tier guitar. Look it up. It's, they're, they're worth about five grand. Oh. Yeah, and they're Chris a beautiful Cheney. guitar. Yeah, Chris Cheney from, from Living, Living End End plays End is one. Probably the yeah. most famous Australian, Australian, Australian one that plays it, yeah.
0: Yeah. But it is like God-tier guitar. He does have, I'll just comment on, sorry, what was your rhythm guitar? Uh, Cam. Cam, yeah. Well, yeah, objectively a very attractive man, but that, what yeah. really stood out <laughs> to me was he had phenomenal guitar sound. Yeah, his tone's insane. It was professional. I just thought, oh, that sounds like he's just sound checking an Airborne song. Yeah, there you go. Like, it was really cool. Like, that appealed to me. I'm like, oh, that sounds... If he listens
2: back to this, he'll probably get real giddy at hearing that. (laughs) Righto. That's cool. (laughs) So, these guys, like Tim and Cam, have spent a lot of time and a lot of... Good money getting their tones the way they want them. Mm-hmm. So they've both got very good high end gear and like they love their Marshall stacks, like cabs and amps. And oh, I can't really talk much about it. I don't know enough about them. So I'll stop talking about what amps they've got because
0: <laughs> they'll kill me. It's just high yeah. level for people yeah, listening. High yeah. level classic.
2: Yeah. Gear. Very, very yeah. vintage, sort of 70s, you know, early on stuff. Like it was built then. So and yeah. it still stands the test of time today. Yeah. So you know, it was built well. So yeah. So um, bass then, and drums. Yep. So then we got Marco on the drums. Yeah, our token Filipino. He's a lovely little guy, and I say a little, literally. He's smaller than me. Mm. He looks he's, like he's
0: pretty strong though, because he oh, was hitting those drums and I'll be. He's about around.
2: as about as wide as he is tall. He's a strong fella. <laughs> he can lift a lot of weight. That guy.
0: Could I tell you a funnier side about that? Sure. Literally the day or the week it was very close to the date of your show. Yeah. At my one of my day jobs, I'd sold him like this party box thing. Oh yeah, and yeah. He could, and he was saying, "I want to put my electric drum kit into it, or I want to yeah, use it." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, okay. Why does it need to have flashing disco lights?" Nah. And he's like, "This is the only thing that I can find that's <laughs> going to do the job, because everywhere else was completely sold out." Of, yeah, like, wow. I'm assuming PA gear. Yeah, yeah. So I'd seen him. Yeah, and he was very well presented yeah, when yeah. he turned up, and, and then so I saw polite, him he? wearing a siglet covered in yeah. sweat two yeah. seconds later <laughs> playing drums. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, that's the drum guy." Cool, was, yeah, very, know, very lovely. Nice guy. Person. Comes from
2: a very lovely family yeah. too. They're all, they're all just like him.
1: Yeah. He's very endearing to watch him look after his mother. So yeah, his mum's lovely too. Yeah, she he, always he, looks after us. His yeah. parents are very lovely, and yeah. when um. We had the regional originals. I just remember him looking after his mum and making sure she was okay. And I was like, oh, he's a nice so guy. So his
2: mum and dad have been to probably 90% of our shows that we've done as well. They're massive supporters. and awesome. we they, they let us rehearse at their house oh, from time cool. to time. Yeah. Cool. And she always whacks on a mad feed. It's good as. They did <laughs> dumplings pretty- once and it was like... Better than any dumplings I've ever had in Melbourne or anywhere. So Melbourne is known for their dumplings. No, you got to go to Marco's, Marco's place Kitchen. Marco's place with dumplings. Yeah. And she made spaghetti bolognese the other night and it was better than any white person I've ever seen make spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> oh, hand on heart, it was the best spaghetti bolognese I've right, ever as had. sounds
0: like they should be in the restaurant game at some yeah, point. 100%,
1: yeah, 100%. <laughs> and the last one, not, and so, not the least.
2: Not the least. So we've had a bit of a, a – early on we had a bit of a plague spot with the base. Yeah. We had a few people audition, a few people hang on. I had a mate of mine fill in for a little while for that Kinross gig. He Jed. was Yeah, Jed. He was a great guy, but he was always like, Yeah, I'll fill in man, I'll help you out, but I can't commit. So that he, was good.
1: He was a hundred percent honest when I talked to him. Yeah. So we're talking about Jed Reeves. Yeah. He just says, Look, I don't actually know all the songs, but I'm gonna put on a show. <laughs> yeah, he was and, he was looking at the
2: tabs up on the stage and that's fine. And like. <laughs>
1: just and he did, he like got out and about and yeah, just yeah, he had uh, a lot of fun. distracted people by maybe the
2: fact yeah. he was
1: dancing around. Smoking and, mirrors. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, no, ben. but he was great to have Phil in, eh? Yeah, it was awesome.
1: And so you've and got then, now,
2: yeah. So 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 Matt, he was just sort of swinging in the breeze, and though him and Doug were mates of ours for ages, and they'd come around for beers all the time. And oh, this little moment, I was like, hey, what don't we ask him to play bass because he likes rock and roll? He's, yeah, he's a, and he's a phenomenal guitarist. Like, don't yeah. ever tell him when I said that. Yeah, but well, he's, he, gonna he's know probably going to yeah. hear <laughs> it now. <but laughs> he's sorry. um, yeah, he's, he's you know could hold his own with. He's way better than I'll ever be. Yeah. He'd, you know, give Tim and Cam a run for their money as well, honestly. But yeah. we're like, ask him if he wants to play bass. I know it's probably pretty boring, but, you know, if he, you know, if he knows his way around a fretboard, he'd probably be a pretty good bass player. Yeah. And um, he can sing too. So that was like yeah. my draw card. I was like, he can yeah. sing so he can do the harmonies and stuff. That's yeah. That's going to be a r- ripper. And, um, yeah, we asked him, he was like, fuck yeah,
0: <laughs> sounds yeah. good.
2: And then we went out of jam and that was that's the rest his
0: history and he's been with us since. So, Yeah. <laughs> Can we go on another small tangent here? Sure. I love tangents. You've just said something that I, I started on bass and then went to guitar, mm-hmm. but I've always loved bass. Mm. And my favorite musician of all time, full stop, is Justin Chancellor from Tool, who okay. is their bass yeah, player. Yeah. Like, I've heard that said a thousand times, oh, bass might be a bit boring for a guitar player. Yeah. Can you tell me what your logic is for that?
2: So, my logic with that is guitar players can be really finicky and they love their guitars. And if, you know, you spend ages chasing your tone and learning the six strings or, you know, seven or eight strings, depending on what you're playing, then you, to go to a bass, you're not playing – you can't do the same stuff. Yeah. And you've spent a lot of time. So it's kind of like – the way I've seen it is completely wrong, obviously, because bass <laughs> is an insanely cool instrument. Yes. Um, yeah. I have a lot of fun with it. But I think for a lot of guitarists, it's, it's, it's seen as a digression – a regression, sorry. Um, it's seen as like a step backwards because it's it's not what they've learned. You can't do the sick bends and And know, it's not a like melody that. focused. Yeah, instrument yeah, exactly yeah. right. But when you can really lock into that rhythm on the bass, you can do some awesome
0: stuff. Yeah. So I'm just speaking for the part time bass players here. Yeah, absolutely. That, I've heard that yeah. said. I mean, I've even felt that a little bit. I mean, I've had people in my own band at the moment. Like yeah. we've only just reformed. Yeah, cool. Say, i are you seeing that. Are you happy stepping back to bass? And I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, I'm stepping on the bass, I, Well, I'm better at it than I am at guitar, realistically, if it comes yeah. to playing certain styles of music. Yeah. I can actually technically do more on the bass. Yeah, okay, cool. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is great. I get to play a different but actually, in my opinion, more important role, particularly live. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Well, you need to live. If you don't have a good bass live, the whole thing falls apart.
0: Yeah. So you're obviously aware of that. And why yeah. I even bring that up, Josh, is that you obviously knew that you had to get the bass player right. Yeah, yeah. And picking someone that is on guitar, because of what we've just spoken about, it is, even if they're happy day one, yeah. There's no guarantee they're gonna be happy at day sixty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was a bit of a risk in there, yeah regardless of the person's guitar talent that they yeah, work exactly and they just right. say, Oh well bass board. bass yeah. isn't really challenging
2: enough for them. No, me. exactly. I think I think for us it was more we needed to find yeah the right attitude and yeah. the right personality that fits in with us. And like I said, we've been hanging out with those guys for ages and always, you know, getting on with them having beers and stuff. So we're like, Well, you already fit in with the group, so it's also, it's also yeah.
1: like a renter crowd because Doug always turns
2: up to the yeah, kids yeah, and his they always, girlfriend. Yeah, exactly like right. they're
1: very, It's a very supportive little Yeah, it's, it's like a little family.
2: It's awesome. Um,
1: yeah. What I will say about Hibo, yeah. which speaks true to my heart, is he doesn't drink when he's
2: playing. No, he doesn't drink a lot at all when he's and there. And yeah.
1: I really like that because I don't drink, well, I don't drink usually much at all, but I also channel this if I'm doing something, then I'm just I'm on on. I can't afford to like trip my switch or anything like that. So when I saw that he he's like his brother takes a little carafe of water up there too. And so he's got some water. I'm just like, oh
2: it's
1: good. I I like it. So credit to him for that. Because it's not necessarily like the image or the persona Mm. of like a rock type band. Yeah. To be drinking water and that, unless no. you're a reformed alcoholic or something That's like right. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you've
0: got to have a backstory. It's it to a be. choice,
1: yeah. I believe, yeah. without knowing him. Yeah. And I, um, hats off to that. Mm. I like it.
0: I remember Martin Atkins told me who played for Nine Inch Nails and yep. he played for a band called Public Image Limited. Yeah, yeah, had some of the Sex Pistols in it. He told me one of the great secrets in rock music. Mm-hmm. Is that not all the drinks that you're seeing people drink on stage have alcohol in them at all? Yeah, yeah. they've I'll just I'll pulled the often, bottle at, yeah, yeah, like most of that stuff, if they're drinking wine, it's just coloured water. Yeah, I'll, they're I quite often just beer, have a coke. non-alcoholic beers. I yeah. just have a
2: coke up there to wet my throat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mainly drink on stage because like my throat gets sore.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. So I have a little whiskey to, and that definitely numb it gives down. you, like whiskey does have that effect of giving mm-hmm. you that tone, warms it up. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> people ask like, how do you sing like that? I'm like, mate. Whiskey and cigarettes, hey, that's literally been <laughs> it. Oh, there's been no training for it.
1: Now you said cigarettes, right? <laughs> yeah. What is your cigarette rolling routine?
2: My well, cigarette rolling Because r- I've
1: heard rumours <laughs> that rumors. you've got like this insane routine around.
2: Routine? What no. have you heard? I want to well, hear uh, rumours no, first. No, I want to hear what no, no, your routine no, is. No, no, no. I'll, no. I'll, I'll substantiate those rumours, Mel.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> I've heard that you have a specific way that you roll a cigarette. Would you care to walk people through
0: You've moved beyond the apprentice stage. You're yeah. basically at the master stage, oh, from what well, we've been told. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: You're a master.
0: Oh, it's not really any sort of uh, method to it. It's
2: just the same every time.
1: <laughs> is it like an OCD ness around the way it happens? Like, is if him. you're a footballer and you put the left foot sock no, on before no, the No, right it's just the,
2: the filter's got to go on the left side. Well, that's the left it. It's got to go side. on the left hand. And that's how I've learned to do it. So just makes more sense you can do it the other way it's just not as economical.
0: so this i figure is a moment where and i'm sure i've got heaps of these and um, over time people tell me more about them stuff that (laughs) i do a certain way that i don't realize i'm being pedantic about yeah that other people all notice yeah (laughs) and they're like i'm i'm memory banking that one because that person for example rolls cigarettes in a really specific way (laughs) because josh is giving us a look guys of what are you do talking about? Yeah. yeah That's are, never come up there? before. Yeah, it's, it's, well, just... <laughs> I've never thought about it. It's
2: just it makes sense. You do it the same way every time. So left hand, what sort of paper do you use? Do you have a specific- Ah, uh, It's got to be talio. It's got to be yeah.
1: That's an old grandpa paper. Yeah. Old yeah. <laughs> right. St-
2: Stood the test of time. The Rizzlers don't work too well and the, the rollies <laughs> are just- There's too much glue in them or something.
1: Did you ever get like the electronic roller?
2: No, not electronic. I did have one of the hand rollers. Yeah. But I found out- they were way. They packed it way too tight, so they just rolled it up really tight. Yeah, and it was like sucking through a straw. Yeah, okay. it was no good. So
1: there's not no fun to that? No.
0: Can I ask just a question about yeah. rolling cigarettes? Yeah,
1: not that we want to condone. No, no, but no. no, no. <laughs>
2: hey, by the way, don't smoke. This if you is... haven't done it before, don't do
1: it. Oh, if you do, you. like I'm not judging you, but no. I don't want. Yeah,
0: to if, you do, <laughs> if you're doing it, try to don't cut start it down at code. least. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm about yeah. to ask about cutting it down. Does that that physical process of having to do it? Does it dissuade you from having a cigarette when you couldn't be bothered? I've always wanted to oh, ask yeah, a it, Yeah, like, 100%. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've got to go through um, all that to do it. Yeah,
2: and especially, like, it, I found in a situation where you're out on the town, it's a lot harder to go through that process. You spend a lot longer yep. um, rolling the smoke. So you sort of, I don't know, whether appreciates the right word. You you know, that moment is, it's not just like a quick sh- nip, chuck it in, it's go. It's more tactile. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, you've got to... Pick your moments more, I guess. (laughs) Like if you've only got a five minute break, you don't have to you barely get to roll it before you can even light it. So it's it does deter it in that way. Yep. When I switched to rollies for a couple of reasons, when they got really expensive, it was cheaper and you got more out of it from the rollies. And when you go out, it's easier to say to somebody, Oh, have you got a smoke? I'm like, Yeah, can you roll? They're like, No, I'm like, Oh well, what do you do? (laughs) So
1: you're a tight ass. No, No, he's not a tight (laughs) ass. Not a tight ass, I'm economical. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Correct. (laughs)
1: so how does one go about i want to get more into the background we talked a lot about music you've got yeah. a lovely significant other gem yeah. who you talk about so fondly in lots of your posts and everything she's a, an amazing photographer for anyone yeah, that's goes pretty good hey? that's yeah, uh listening at home tell us about your your journey together and how you actually got to Aubrey, because you're not you're not from here. And what was it like coming into this town from Darwin, I think is the last place that you moved from. So what was it like sort of just turning up here and trying to find your way? Because you say now that you've got like all these really good solid mates, but I imagine coming into a new place might've been a bit bit different.
2: It was, but I think the the good part about it was getting down here was we've got a lot of family all through Victoria and New South Wales. Mm -hmm. So getting here was a really good sort of halfway house. Yeah. And the way I looked at it was, and the way I sold it to her was, look, family can come visit, but they have to book in. Yeah. So they can't just drop in on a whim. Yeah. So they have to, you know, call in advance and say, hey, can we come this weekend? Yeah. Because they've, they've got a three-hour drive to get here. So yeah. that was good because then it sort of, you know, you, you still got your space and you can have your own sort of place, but still be able to visit family and friends when you want to. But, yeah, moving from Darwin... I'd been there for you know, probably seven years and Jem moved up a couple of years into that. So I met her down in Melbourne of all places. Yep. Um, there's a pretty cool story behind that one. but uh, Can we hear it? You want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'd come down with a mate for Grand Final Weekend because I love footy and he was a big Bombers supporter, mm-hmm. as, as am I, so go the Dons. But he'd, he'd, he rubbed shoulders with some quite – affluent people in melbourne yeah in through his through his youth so he had an entry into a really prestigious function the tickets were like 250 bucks each yeah so quite high roller sort of stuff and it was in the crown it was overlooking the yarra and all the peasants down below and it was (laughs) it was nice to pretend for a night yeah but um got dressed up in suits and everything and um yeah, I actually, I because I just remember the drive down was actually quite eventful too. Yeah, um, <laughs> we got um. So as we're driving down, we tried to do hit the border in a day. Yeah. So if you don't know how far that is, it's probably over nearly two thousand k's. And there's a place called Kalguero right just shy of the border. We're going to try and stop there. Um, our plans got stopped though, however, because we were driving just past Tennant Creek, and the highway turns to 130. Oh, no, sorry, open speed limit. So we were going 150k an hour down the road. Flat knacker. Awesome. Yeah, just just sending it because that was the most fuel economic he figured out. So if you went too fast, you'd use way more fuel. Yada, yep. yada. Obviously, as you see in the desert, there's mirages. Yeah. So we were coming off on what we thought was a mirage, 150k an hour. turns out it was actually water. So there was a temporary floodway that had gone across the road, but the signs had been knocked down. So, there was signs, but they were on the floor. So, we've hit this thing, and fucking he's locked up. the We've spun around in circles, oncoming cars, like, fuck, we're going to die. Come off the side of the road, bashed over a few termite mounds, which if you do that on purpose, it's heavy fines. Yeah, like, sitting there, and then we just sat there going, holy fuck. Are you all right? Yeah, what happened? And we saw another car do the same thing in the other direction. Yeah. And, like, went down into a ditch on the other side. And then, yeah, so that, that happened. And then his buddy back bumper was... I know, they're like the plastic mould ones. Yeah. And it was um flapping off. So we couldn't go above like 60k an hour without <laughs> it going and like pulling the whole thing off. So we were crawling along uh, an open speed limit road oh, okay. for hundreds of kilometres. Which to- is
1: dangerous as well.
2: And then the next survey we got to, it was like a dinky little bush survey with like one pump. And I'm pretty sure it was just like a dude pumping out the back like this. <laughs> and um. Yeah, went in there I was like, "Do you have any, you know, cable ties? Do you have any, you know, anything we can use?" And he's like, "Nah." Like, "What about a roll of tape?" And he's like, "Oh, I'll go check." And he walks out the back of a shed, comes out with a roll of tape that's clearly been used, and he goes, oh, you can have that for oh, five bucks." I'm like, <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah. whatever. So we've like smothered this tape along the side just trying to get it to hold on. We could get up to 80k's in, so that was good. <laughs> Crawled all the way to Alice Springs where we were able to go and find some cable ties and one tiny cable tie. In where the rivet had popped out, that was enough to hold it. So, yeah, so that that sort of cut us short a bit. But, yeah, nearly died and then crawled at a glacial pace all the way to Alice Springs. Uh, we got into Melbourne the next day, though. That was good.
1: And then you had your, your big affluent party. Yes, you dressed yes. up in a suit.
2: Oh, yeah, just up. I went and bought a new watch for the occasion. Look out. It was gold plated, so it looked real fancy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, like, bogan me, rubbing shoulders with, like, rich people, and mm-hmm. it was cool. But because the, with a the ticket, it was all you could drink. Mm-hmm. So we got these fancy meals, and you know, you get like a tiny bit of steak with yeah, a like bit of a, asparagus a, a on the side. A bite of
1: something. Yeah, but yeah.
2: it tasted amazing. And it turns out, like, so those little portions—they're actually a proper size portion for you to be able to sustain your body. So the portions <laughs> we eat, portions we eat at pubs, are just way too much food. Yeah. yeah. Like one of those meals at a pub's enough to feed a family. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. But um, yeah. So fancy food, like several courses and dessert. The dessert was cheese. Like. How fancy is that got to be when your dessert is cheese? I was I was all about it, but but the the wine glasses I remember it. You know, remember the magic Tim Tam packet that never runs out. Yep. So you put the glass down for a sec. You turn to talk to your mate. You turn back and she was full again. Like what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, so as you can imagine, got quite um. Hipsy. Yeah. So the next day was grand final day, and my mate that I went with, he goes, oh, hey, I didn't want to do this, but uh, I've actually been offered a ticket to the grand final. I was like. I don't he's I don't want to leave you by yourself. I'm like, mate, you're a an f- idiot. I'd leave you. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. Go and have fun. I'd rather be sitting in there watching it than at a pub. And I remember um I almost got off the tram and went back to the hotel because I was that hungover and I didn't almost didn't go to Melbourne. I was like, No, nah, no, it's Grand Final Day. I'll go and watch the footy. Yeah. And I got into I was with a couple of friends and went to the I think it was the Grand Centro in Melbourne. There's a pub inside a shopping mall. Yeah. And it was really annoying because I was a big smoker at the time to actually go out of that place to have a cigarette. You had to go out into the mall, down a big elevator, right down the bottom floor and out onto the street. Yeah. It was frustrating. <laughs> anyway, I remember going like, I'm still so fucking hungover. I'm feeling crook. I just, I won't have a beer. And then I saw they were pouring beers in like a makeshift plastic premiership cup. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got it do that, surely, I've got to have one of those So and then they did the jugs as well, I was like, oh they do jugs, oh because I bought a jug and off I went and by the time I got through that jug I was feeling pretty good again, so (laughs) yeah and then she walked in, friend of a friend and I was like, who's that I always tell her this too and she never believes me but she had a real standoffish demeanour Yeah. and I was like, okay, cool (laughs) and then as the night went on, I ended up chatting to her because after the footy had done they all went to a karaoke room, like, you know, the typical Korean, yeah. like, so, probably the size of this studio. Yeah. And everyone's sitting on a couch singing the songs and getting cocktails sent to the room and food and stuff. Yeah, went outside for a smoke and just got chatting to her. And yeah, it turns out she wasn't actually that standoffish. So ended up going after that to the casino for a bit. And the girl that I was hanging out, that, that I was friends with, that I came with, cracked the shits because I wasn't paying her enough attention. <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't here to. Do that we're friends like and then she ended up cracking it proper and like stomping out of the casino like full through a tantrum and then i walked off i was like oh whatever i just started walking down the yarra and then jim found me and i was like oh yeah. She was, oh, i thought i'd come keep company and then we just walked up and down talked for ages and up up going getting a cab back to st gilda where i was staying and we just sat on the beach just chatting all night watch the sun come up and yeah oh, the rest is history romantic and the next day, I went back to Darwin. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we've got Gem, we've got your your lads now. But
2: yeah,
1: did you find it hard to integrate here into Albury at all?
2: No, not really. Albury, hey. Wodonga. I should. No, tell. I think Darwin was a very good apprenticeship for coming to Albury. Yeah, Wodonga, because it was a big country town, really, yep. and it was you know the lifestyle. Didn't change all that much. Obviously, we've been slapped with lockdowns and stuff since we got here. Yeah. Haven't really been able to explore. When did you actually arrive in
0: Albury, full time? Uh, It started
2: last year. Righto. So, you were pretty much- We moved into the house in
0: early January last year. So, the place was probably covered in smoke from the fires. Yeah. So, we actually got
2: evacuated the week before I started my new job. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, end up driving across to Albury, up the top of Monument Hill, and watching the fire from there. So it was pretty cool. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, you picked a pretty rough time to. This. Yeah,
2: and then we actually got married in February that year. So bushfires just finished. We got married, luckily, and then COVID started. So we, we <laughs> picked the right window. Yeah. To do it, it was pretty lucky. Yeah.
1: Wow. A bit of a, a roller coaster that this period of time where we've all been locked in and out would have been I would have imagined quite hard to sort of integrate I suppose yeah. into a community so you've done well because I feel like you've you've managed to sort of dare I say worm your way into a lot of <laughs> a lot of things
2: yeah well I tried to like the the oh, I guess the mistake I made when I moved to Darwin is I waited till I got there and then tried to settle in before I started yeah trying to meet people whereas when I once I knew I was coming down here I started making connections instantly so Jed that we talked about before yeah. I, I'd been speaking to him for the better part of a year yeah okay. like talking back and forth of music and stuff so and with the footy club that i was going to play for until covid happened i'd touch base with them and i'd met them the year prior when i was down in melbourne so i'd started making those connections early so yeah. I, when i got there i was like, i already feel like i knew the place
0: yeah
1: that's smart smart yeah. no one would usually accuse you for being smart but i'm oh. gonna call it right now no
0: <laughs> so can i bring up something and this is yeah, not sure. meant to be self congratulatory to us mm. but i remember you sent me a very nice message early on when you first heard our show yeah that i had a feeling that hearing some of the stories that we were starting to put mm. out helped you understand a little bit about this place that maybe you would yeah. not otherwise
2: yeah absolutely especially with the lockdowns and covid like i didn't have the chance to get out and meet people and you know make those connections myself so when i found your podcast and you were interviewing local people that were doing amazing things it just it gave me a bit of an insight into the community and how cool it really was and how much I had to offer, I guess. So, yeah.
0: Why I bring that up is because it was the first time that anyone had ever told me directly they were getting out of the show for the reason we created it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 And no one I mean, I'm sure other people have on whatever level, but no one had actually directly ever said, this is what I'm getting out of it.
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: And Mel and I talk regularly about there's value to things beyond getting paid to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind like, of message was yeah. one of those things like, oh, well, this guy is literally yeah. learning about the well, probably more so at that point, the creative, yeah, element a lot, there's of the a area. Lot of
2: creative people around, yeah, because I think it was it was the first one I uh, that got onto. It was uh, Dan Caulfield, so I've I've met him and know him through the music circles, obviously. So I listened to that when he put that out or when you guys put it out and he shared it, so that was pretty cool. And I was like, "Oh, these guys are kind of funny." So <laughs> I'll listen to some more if, if, if we'll they've they got, they got more to offer. And then I listened to uh, who was it? Uh, the the Camel Man. That yeah. was my favorite episode so far. He's such a cool guy. How
0: cool is yeah. he? That
2: was one of our favorites yeah. too. So. And then good. um, was it uh, Chris? The other guy that two fingers. Yep, Chris that was a it. really good yeah. Chris yeah. Manning. who was yeah. And then um, the other guy was it the big ball drop as well.
1: Yeah, he. Yeah, Yeah. Chris. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that was a cool episode, and then uh, Beck Randall. Obviously, we've worked with her since. This makes me
1: happy. (laughs) Yeah. So when, sorry, I feel like we're tooting our own horn a little bit, but this uh, this does make.
2: I'm an advocate of 47 minutes in (laughs) no. This does
1: make me very happy. Was when you were doing regional originals. Yeah. I remember going out the front, and we'd had this. Just amazing feeling of a a great gig, yeah. And no, you sung cool your that. song, "Hangover Blues," which is my absolute favorite song. <laughs> if, if you guys haven't heard it, please get onto to Hound's Facebook page and give it a listen because it just it's just a great song. But for you to turn around and say to me, "Hey, we got back to film." the video for this yeah. because I'd listened to your podcast yeah. and heard that she, I thought if Mel likes her, she's probably going to be pretty good. <laughs> and that just made me get such happy feels. Like I think I messaged Josh almost mm. immediately yeah. and going, it's working. It's not a monetary thing. It's just a, no, it's, it's like a positive reinforcement that that connectability is happening yeah. long form. And that's yeah. that's all I sort of want from mm. this. Granted, guys, if you have a lot of money I want to throw it my way, I'm not going to turn it. <laughs> Down,
2: buy (laughs) a coffee, (laughs) but
1: or buy me a coffee. But that sort of thing really, um, sort of sings to my heart a little bit, I think. So,
0: and it's something that I think there's lots of different versions of that happening that have happened over the last 18 months for me, especially. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think it's a time where, and the reason that I even brought it up was that it gave me energy through a time that may have sapped my creative energy otherwise. Oh. If I wasn't getting that feedback from people like Shit, yourself at cool. the time, yeah. it would have been like, well, I created this thing, convinced Mel to join me in the journey now because that was the start of last yeah. year and now yeah. we can't do anything yeah. or it's harder than what it was. That's sort of, I don't know, creative fuel. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, there you go. You've heard that first, guys. If you're listening to this and you like something someone's doing, tell them. It can that's make the, a huge that's difference. The 30, that's the awesome. 30,000-foot
0: point of it is.
2: Yeah. Tell someone. <laughs> yeah, tell them they're doing good. That might be all they need to keep going, yeah.
1: Now, I just really want to just hone in on this song a little bit.
2: because
1: <laughs> Hangover Blues. Hangover Blues, because I don't know, Josh, if you remember back first when we were at the Ken Ross, and we were listening to your set, which had a mixture of in and like covers and your songs and then – Almost like just this easy transition, this song of yours came on, and I just immediately was like, I like it, it didn't feel out of place. And your songs, actually, credit to you guys because I was at the Soden's gig the other night. Mm. Unless you actually drew attention to the fact that they were originals, they don't seem out of place, yeah, wow, at
2: all. That's awesome on a
1: set, and Mm. even by the second time you've played them, because I know, so just. For context at home, guys, these guys, Tri Pounds, paid oh, 20,000 sets basically <laughs> at Soden's the other night. and it was three. It, okay. Yeah, it felt like <laughs> it went, you guys just kept playing and playing and playing and the crowd loved it and by the end when you sung one of your, your originals again, everyone was so engrossed with you and your band as a performance perspective that they were just all over it. And that's a credit to you guys. It's a sneaky run.
2: little trick we like to do is start with one of ours and finish with one of ours. So start with it so that's the first thing you hear mm-hmm. and that's why, like, oh, these guys are here, not here to fuck spiders. And then at the end we always go, because everyone goes, oh, one more song, I'm like, all right, well, we're going to do it on our terms, we're going to play one of our songs, what yeah. do you reckon? subliminal And like you messaging. said by then, yeah. people are they're engaged, they're ready yeah. to go and they've had 7011 beers so they're just ready <laughs> to party anyway. So and then yeah so that leaves him with a uh, hope hoping it leaves him with a good impression of us at the end.
1: You definitely yeah. put on a a good performance. The Hangover Blues, I love it's like I don't know. I just really like it. So you guys should definitely just get on and listen to it. I want to promote you for that reason just cuz that one sort of song that sort of is a bit romantic, I don't know if it is.
0: Well, but it, I- it definitely stood out that night. Yeah. Well, not just to me when I first heard it. The song craft was exceptional. Oh. Yeah, let's listen that, to the technical well, side, not just the Mel's well, happy feels side. Yeah, but I don't evaluate music technically like yeah. that. I evaluate tone. <laughs> yeah. To, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. But the yeah. song was very well composed. Yeah. It didn't have any weak moments, but it also, as Mel said, didn't have a drop-off from... You were playing some of the biggest rock songs <laughs> of all time interspersed with your own songs, mm. and there wasn't a dip in quality of song. Yeah, so cool. we both reacted probably differently but both positively to that mm. one song where mm. I think we just turned to each other and said, that's a cracker yeah. or that one and Mel. I don't like, think that, I've ever seen no.
1: a cracker in <laughs> that, my life. That's probably what
0: <laughs> That's what I would have been thinking. Yeah. yeah. Like it had a ballad quality to it in yeah. terms of the songwriting but also it had an energy of a rock song. There you go. Which is a pretty brave choice to throw in any set. Yeah. There, one that might well, not be quite as, you know. It's f-
2: funny you mention that because that's actually – The one song that i wrote myself yep and taking that to these boys who are through and through hard rockers it was pretty daunting moment like i was like oh i wrote something what do you reckon and they've gone fuck yeah that's cool straight away like they've listened to it and gone oh yeah i like that let's let's do it so they've you know taken my
0: awful guitar playing and did you intend it, it to be the type of song that it turned out in, in style or were you no. coming at it from a – was it more of a pure ballad when you no, approached no, the it guys? Was, no,
2: it was just – it was the, it, it was pretty much as you see it, they just made the guitars better than I could play. So, <laughs> um, no, so it was pretty much as you saw it was how I had it. But, yeah, like I was actually blown away that they were so open to that song and I was like, that's cool. And then when we got in the jam room to start jamming, it just felt weird because I'd only sat there playing it myself. Yeah. On a guitar. And then when they started playing it, and then when we really got into it, I was like,
0: fuck, this has got some energy behind it, eh? Nice. Yeah. And can we talk about that pocket? Because I've written most of the music for all the bands I've yeah. been in throughout my whole life. Yeah, cool. So, I'm always giving things I've created to a group. Yeah. And before things get better, sometimes mm. they get worse. Yeah. And there's always that moment of, well, that's not really what I had in my head. That's yeah. That's not what I was imagining. This could be bigger or smaller or whatever. mm were you did you actually experience that where it was kind of did it feel <laughs> was, when you said it felt a bit off?
2: So. Yeah, there was, there was one moment where, because um, obviously Tim being the guitarist playing it, he wanted to resolve a particular phrase in a certain way, and I was like, "Nah," in my head, it's this, <laughs> it's gonna stay like this, and he's like, oh, "I just doesn't feel right." I'm like, "Please, if oh, you guys have full creative reign on this, but if I have anything, it's that. Please leave it, and that's that bit." At the end of the chorus where it drops off yeah. and doesn't resolve back to that original chord. Yeah. It, I don't know if that doesn't make sense to people listening. But yeah. So it will when I yeah. we promote it and they yeah. go listen to yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it just it just sort of like stops and it's just the vocal. And I was like, that's cool. I like that dead moment. Yeah. And it just and then when it comes back in, it's so much more powerful. Yeah. And then I think it's worked out well because of that. But that was the only only moment where I was like, no. <laughs> just Please.
1: No, Tim. You can't have all the glory. This
2: is about <laughs> go, me go, having you can, you my can own have, moment. You can have a big solo later. You can. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. yeah. And
0: that's the give and the take, isn't it? Yeah, when that's you're in, right. the, when you're in a creative environment, mm. and not to go too into songwriting, yeah. Because not everyone listening to this is interested in music, but no, that's right. The process of creating something yourself and then giving it to a group and figuring out where do I, where do I give and where do I hold that's firm right. on things.
2: Well, it's, it's kind of like you've, it's a part of yourself, really. So it's when you're creating things, as if anyone that creates anything, if you're going to give that to someone and then they want to change it, you might have sat there and put so much heart and soul and effort into it. And it's like a big slap in the face. It can be. But then I guess w- when it comes to like, you know, working in a group, and a team, you've got to have that give and take. Yeah. You've got to be open to compromise. Otherwise, nothing's ever going to work. And that's where you find a lot of, I don't know, bands or, you know, creative groups. Fall apart because there's too much ego and they can't break down those walls and they can't have that. Hey, no, you know what? Let's do this part your way this time, and next time we'll do this part my way. And there's, if you don't have that sort of cohesion, it doesn't work. So you've got to be open to that. And yeah, it's
1: interesting how you say the ego because if people have only seen you on stage, yeah, they would think that you. Dare I say a bit of a wanker? Yeah, <laughs> no, well, no. you you do have an ego and a persona that's on stage, but
0: is larrikin no, the type of word or what? No,
1: no, it's it's rock. Like he rock. just
0: nice. channels
1: the music and he's there to put on a performance. Like you can tell
2: that's been from- developed over. Many many performances. Well, it too. has to. <laughs> yeah. It has
1: to. It's the same with emceeing or even mm. like podcasting or anything like that. You don't just all of a sudden turn up and get on stage and be able to just switch it on. And there's <laughs> no. the same way when people are crafting whether they're a great guitarist or and it is practice. Well, that's there's right. Practice yeah. and tweaking and all that sort of stuff. So it,
2: it's weird to think about because like with your podcasting, I imagine you probably think of this as well. It's you're just talking. Or I'm yeah. just, you know, singing yeah. into a microphone. And at that at the at the, Petbook, at the base yeah, of it. it's easy. It's something you yeah. do all day, every day. Yeah. But to actually turn that into something as a good product, it's very hard to do.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to just lean into that fact yeah. that to see you on stage, you have a massive ego. But yeah. to talk to you in person, and I've had the privilege of sort of getting to know you a little bit behind the scenes, you're just a super nice guy with probably a little bit of an ego, but also just a very genuine good good person pretty much and I think that comes across hopefully now on this podcast. Well,
0: I'll just, having not met you outside of the live music context, you're way more chill than I ever expected. <laughs> i get that a lot, eh? <laughs> the other thing i get is like, oh, your
2: talking voice doesn't sound anywhere like your singing voice. I'm like, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> if it did, it'd be weird. Like I'd be a monotone singer. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> That would be Very weird. boring. <laughs> boring voice. No, no, ego's not a bad thing though. Like ego's a good thing, and it can be a really powerful tool when used in the right way.
1: It can definitely like chip away at yourself a little bit too. Like your yeah. ego is important to channel, but also, yeah. you know, if you don't hurts bring it down, a little bit, if yeah. you
2: don't bring it down, like it's, it's you got to figure out when to turn it on. Yeah. And in a in a in a setting like playing live music, where people are there to watch you, people are there for a show. And I I don't know how many times you've been to see you know, a show and people are boring and, you know, they stand still, they don't yeah. do anything, and it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm not as interested in that. But look, you you, you got to put on performance.
1: Point of and, difference.
2: Yeah, and I, I look at some of my favourite frontmen, you know, Jimmy Barnes was a massive showman back in the day anyway. Uh, Freddie Mercury, you know those are the two that spring to mind straight away, but they were huge showmen, like big performers. And I guess I try to... Bring a bit of that into the performance as well, because people like to watch that.
1: Is that where the mo, the dirty mo, comes from, Freddie Mercury? Yeah, a
2: little bit, yeah. <laughs> Does it really? A little bit,
1: yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, now I'd for like me. to join. Well, I'd like to just draw attention to the fact that we usually ask people to buy us a coffee, and you. Went out of your way and bought us actual real Arabica bean-type coffee today. And let's just go over quickly the orders. (laughs) Because I just have a basic skinny latte with one sugar, guys, if you're ever wanting to to know.
2: I I have a flat white with almond milk and an extra shot. There you go. And this next one's going to make mine sound like a really
0: masculine drink. I've got a weak (laughs) <laughs> flat white with two, with two sugars. There you go. I don't weak, know. the Arb- I think, I'm think i happy you went first because I think Arbor Milk might have me piped. No, not nah, nah, at all. Nah,
2: because nah. the word weak just.
1: And <laughs> I said latte last night. I said, you yeah. have a light weak latte, don't you? And he's like, yeah. no, flat white. I'm like, yeah. it's the same. Thing, no, no, it's no. just, a, it's just, a
0: they're not the same. Baristas, baristas <laughs> one has foam and one doesn't. Uh. The, the,
2: the one barista listening to this now is turning like the hairs going up. They the might back be of their turning
1: neck. like their hairs on their neck with no. almond milk. No, no, no,
0: because no, 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 it's a progressive Mate. world. This is a, probably a lot of musicians listening to this. There's yeah. more than one barista. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spot on.
1: So yeah. uh...
0: most of musicians, I know, work at Buddy Woolies.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if we get, uh, judged ourselves on our coffee orders, I feel like I come out tougher, even though I've got skinny milk on this.
0: If you weren't sitting there in a rug (laughs) on a regular temperature day, I'd agree. Yeah.
1: Yeah, (laughs) But I would like to say thank you for bringing a gift. We've only had three guests now that have bought gifts. Mm. You're one of them. We had Luke Hunter and we had uh, Mr. Ty Seaton. From he bought some beautiful Green Street salads in. So oh
0: yeah, Green Street's good and continues to support At, me personally. So I guess that's a continuing gift.
1: Definitely, well, um, Josh. You might not know because you haven't seen Josh in person, but he's doing his own little welcome to weight loss journey. Oh it good on you! Sponsored yeah. by Ty Seaton. Oh awesome!
0: Um, I'm now I think officially down seven. Oh good on you! In that's awesome. About seven weeks, maybe. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I sponsor Josh's hair.
0: Yes, and that, that probably dressing. needs some attention. Yeah. I'll but yeah. enough I'll about saying. us. Yeah, yeah.
1: No. Thank you so much. Thanks, <laughs> mate. No. For joining us. Yeah, and, thanks um, I am very privileged to be part of the Tribounds journey. Yeah. Thanks to all those boys that I get to catch up with and chat to all the time. Shout out to them. Love you guys.
0: Yeah, go and Go and Listen to our songs. Where would you most like people to listen to the music? If they had one place to go. This will help me to put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah would it's, you like uh, a it's listen? all on
2: Spotify. It's probably the easiest spot to go. Spotify? Um, yeah, cool. everything's on there. Get around it. Righto. Eh? Thanks, cool. mate. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers.
1: It's really interesting, that whole ego thing, because I know people that have seen Josh on stage and would say he's a bit of a idiot or a... Egocentric maniac, but then if you actually get to know him, like outside of that, he's a very in depth, philosophical, just really nice guy. Sort of similar how people might judge me from wearing a flanny and running around like an idiot, awesome. but there's a few more layers there's a involved, couple
0: some of your onion layers <laughs> there's involved. A, there's a little bit of onion going on, a little
1: bit of onion. Josh Douglas, the first time that you've actually met the man. And had a sit-down conversation with him. What do you think?
0: I thought he was super chilled, insightful, and a warm personality. And I've only met him once in real life, and that was at a gig, when he was probably getting into persona of being a rocker. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of expectation on a rock and roll frontman that you're going to have a certain amount of energy. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was probably fifty people there that were trying to communicate with him, and I was just one of those people.
1: Yeah, you were just an insignificant podcaster. Yeah,
0: that's it. Just get <laughs> it in had the, the same get, name. Get in the corner, podcaster. We share a name, but that's it. Actually,
1: no. no, he was pretty excited that you were there that night. I do remember that.
0: Oh, that's that's yeah. lovely. So yeah. this was yeah, that was the first time I met the man, and I really enjoyed it.
1: So we just found out that he's on his way out. We we heard a little bit of a a story that, you know, about how he met his wife. And there's still a persona, I think, interwoven into the podcast. But just post-stepping out, he's about to go and visit, like, an old guy that he works with and play board games with him because the old guy likes board games and he hasn't had anyone to play with, which is just just a nice, cool thing to do. do Very cool. How did he describe the game?
0: He said it's kind of like Dungeons & Dragons, but it's not...
1: And then it's like Monopoly on Crack (laughs) and it takes hours. And I want to know what Monopoly on Crack is actually called or what Monopoly on Crack would be like. I don't actually condone anyone going and testing that theory out.
0: no Monopoly on Crack and no cigarettes, guys.
1: Yeah, we're not promoting (laughs) it. We are promoting coffees.
0: We're doing that for sure.
1: Now, I don't know how I feel about the fact that you have a weak coffee which means that people at home might be thinking, "Oh, he's only drinking <laughs> half a shot." We only I? have to <laughs> we only have to like pitch in half amount of coffee. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to start drinking double shots to compensate for the fact <laughs> that Josh only has a weak inverted commas coffee. Do you even like coffee or is this just a thing to like get around the fact <laughs> that we <we're, laughs> we are asking for it?
0: The reason I asked for that is hey, when I get too wired, I speak way too quickly. And I didn't want that to happen halfway through the interview. But the other thing is that I knew when I woke up, I was going to have one or two anyway. Yeah, okay. So I was risking being already too wired. So I thought if I tone it down a bit, then there's no chance I'm going to be flying off the planet.
1: Would you say that you on coffee is like me in normal time?
0: Maybe not quite, but not quite. getting closer, yeah.
1: How many coffees does it take? So let's do an experiment at home, guys. How many coffees does it take for you to hit Mel level?
0: If I had three coffees, I would be pretty hyped up for me. Yeah. I'd be approaching regular Mel level. Yeah. If I have four, I'd tip right over the edge into full Mel and I'd be blasting off planet Earth. Like I've got a line where I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine beyond a certain point.
1: If someone would like to dig into their pockets and shout (laughs) four coffees to Josh, which given the fact he's drinking half strength is really only the equivalent of two, (laughs) but if you want to do four and then I'll have a couple as well, then that would be really, really great. Thanks. That would be.
0: (laughs) And you could do that at punchingsideways.com. You can also listen to other episodes there. So
1: Mm, We've got some doozies.
0: Today was great, but maybe you're thinking, well, it was great. Maybe I can go check out something else.
1: Yep. There's lots of interesting people that are affiliated with Aubrey Wodonga. Get around us.
0: just for a good place to start, I think Josh himself today mentioned a few that stood out to him. So maybe they're good places to start.
1: Or just start here and then just do whatever.
0: (laughs) That's right. Okay. Well, thank you, Mel. It's been lovely. Thanks, man. And thank you for getting Josh in here and making it all happen. Laters. Bye-bye.